The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of The Space Between Presents. I'm your host, Danny, and joining me are all my best friends from Season 1. We've got Sarah Burns on the air horn. Hello! (laughs) 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 Author of Lanny, The Girl Without Fear, Dan Cole on the bongos. Nice. And the mastermind of the Professional Casual Network, Tim France on the glass harmonica. Um, We're we're all too way high energy and happy for the... (laughs) subject material in the season that's entirely true i'm just excited to be back with you guys so our little ragtag band is so glad you're joining us for season two as we'll be deep diving into netflix's four-part docuseries jeffrey epstein filthy rich with that in mind a word of caution this season is going to deal with some very touchy and uncomfortable subject matter listener discretion is advised see our show notes for information if you or someone you know is a survivor of sexual assault or abuse Thanks for joining us for The Space Between Presents The Root of All Evil. Get ready to get sad. And mad. Yeah, more mad than anything. You guys. So, Jeffrey Epstein, he he did. Was a piece of garbage. Wow, spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't know, if you haven't been on the internet at all for all those memes about Jeffrey Epstein. But, so Netflix came out with this four-part docuseries. Um, Wondery also has a six-part uh, podcast about it and there are like six podcasts about jeffrey epstein so you know whatever some of us just do it better than others toot toot that horn <laughs> not us, not not us. us. <laughs> <laughs> see what we do is we just take other people's material and we just talk about that so we don't have to do any of the real research i mean one of the one of the first potential titles for the show was watch stuff talk about it where we watch stuff and talk <laughs> about it <laughs> I love it. Episode one of this four-part series is called Hunting Grounds, and it starts with a January 25th, 2012 video deposition. Epstein is there. He's so smug. I just hate his face. I hate his face. I hate how he looks like he's falling asleep while he's (laughs) listening to people talk like He's so goddamn rude. Ah, and he does good. that he does that power move too with glasses. Oh, where he yeah. has them off and folded up to let you know that nothing that he's witnessing right now is worth his time or attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Until he's asked a question he doesn't want to answer and then he'll put them on quick to be like I plead the fifth. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. I, don't, I don't need these glasses the to plead yeah, the fifth. I wish yeah. he sounded like a, a, a whiny little bitch like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I the fifth. So in this deposition, the, one of the first things that they show is he's asked to give his address. And so he gives an address in the Virgin Islands. And then they ask about any other addresses that he may have. And so he lists all of his other Ugh. residences. So if you don't know, he's rich. Because oh, he has like an apartment what? in Paris and in New York and in New Mexico, New Mexico and in New Albany, Ohio. Like, because yeah. regular Albany is just not cool enough. Let's go make a New Albany <laughs> um, in Ohio. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Fuck you, Ohio. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. No, Sorry, no offense, Ohio. <laughs> we love your chili. Well, some of us do. Yeah. Cincinnati um, chili. Yeah, Cincinnati chili. It's that, good. Does that have fucking spaghetti in it? No. You can have it on spaghetti. You can spaghetti. have it on spaghetti yeah. if you want it like four-way. Yeah, you you want to I don't want a four-way way with any chili. Or five-way and they it. put onions on top, too. And cheese. Well, yeah, cheese is a yeah. obvious yeah, I'm, choice. I'm with you, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I have it like that. I wish you could see that. Tim and I just locked eyes. Cincinnati chili on a hot dog. 
with cheese on top. That's the way to do it. Okay. Just a, okay. Chili cheese cone. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Serious subject yeah. matter. Yeah. So they ask if he's been convicted of a crime, and he says yes. He's been he's been convicted of solicitation and soliciting a minor for prostitution. And then every other question that that they ask him about sex and prostitution, he evokes the Fifth Amendment. Like literally, they're like, "Have you ever solicited sex from a minor in New York?" And plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. So Dan and I, when we were watching this, I understand the the point of pleading the fifth, but still kind of incriminating. Like if you can't say no, then yeah. well, then solicitation is not that bad. It just means like handing out advertisements or whatever, right? <laughs> so I'm pretty no, certain it no means no door to door sales. Yeah. He was just selling candy bars for his little league team. It's right in line with loitering. Right. You know, have you ever loitered while you were <laughs> soliciting? <laughs> so he literally doesn't answer anything, and they go off the record. They're kind of like Tarantinoing this story a little bit, where it starts with, "Oh shit, he has been convicted of a crime already," and this is only in 2012. So we find out more about the solicitation charges. The intro to this series, this I won't talk about it for any of the other episodes, even though you can watch it for every episode. It's this like dark, broody music, and it's all like black and white and dark, and the streets are literally paved with $100 bills, and there are pictures of the victims juxtaposed on stacks of supposedly legal documents, and then they give the title, which I love, Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich, because filthy is a word that I use when I teach my students about connotation, which is the emotional connection to a word so filthy depending on how you use it it has a different connotation so i always use an example of like if you won the lottery you would be filthy rich so that's a positive connotation but if my dog rolls around in a dead woodchuck carcass he's filthy and needs a bath (laughs) that's Um, that's a true story right (laughs) no he's never done that thank god he's not yeah he doesn't rub in that stuff he still stinks but it's probably would if you could find it so i love that they used this word in this way so that it could be taken both ways like he's filthy rich because he has a lot of money and he's filthy rich because he nasty 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 man he's the worst so vicky ward is an investigative journalist who wrote about jeffrey epstein for vanity fair back in 2003 she describes him as gatsby like like a gatsby like figure in new york because he's got all this money but he's mysterious he is yeah even i don't feel like i'm giving anything away even after watching all of this and then even other stuff I've listened to, you don't really know him very well. Mm -mm. No. No. So little is known. And specifically, like, what he did to get where he got. It's like, yeah, I feel like no one wants to really shed the full light on it. No. Which, you know. So people knew he was rich, didn't really know how he got there, and he was always surrounded by very beautiful young women. What a claim. Red flag. Right? Yep. Because what's interesting about Jeffrey Epstein is that even when he wasn't, like, quote-unquote old, I think that he went, like, gray very early on. Yeah. So he always looked really old. Not, like, really old, like but Steve you know Like Steve Martin. I mean. Yeah. How he just hit a plateau you? and stopped aging. <laughs> <laughs> but right. it's like, I imagine that he had that, like, silver-gray hair when he was, like, 35, and he just... Oh. He just kept, or maybe he just dyed it that way to give himself a more distinguished look. From a young age. You can't dye uh, it like that, though. No? You can't, no, there's no way. Hmm. He had a lot of connections because of his relationship with Ghislaine Maxwell. So, who is Ghislaine Maxwell? I don't know. Pod people. (laughs) 
she's real. I know no, that her not. dad was really rich and she was very close to her father. Right. But and they're like British. Know. Wasn't her dad something with like newspaper or publications well, or something yeah, like so that? So apparently he was also mobile. real sketchy. Mm-hmm. So, Shocking. I know that they know. made a bunch of money at their house <laughs> selling coffee. Oh, Max. Uh, Maxwell House. Maxwell's house. <laughs> <laughs> So we said, where is he going with this? Right? <laughs> like the bode from BFE. So Galene Maxwell, super rich as well. Her father, I know from like the other podcasts I listened to, he died under suspicious circumstances too. Like they think that he fell off his yacht out at sea, but he was naked and they don't really know what specifically happened, but he died. He had a ton of money. She and Jeffrey meet up. And they are inseparable. And sometimes they're described as dating. Sometimes she works for him in some capacity. It's He's all often described as his right hand. Right. It's really gross. It's all gross. Seems like a very codependent symbiotic relationship that obviously will. It's just awful. Yeah. I, I don't yep. know what else yep. to say. And in the Wondery podcast, they talk about someone who knew Ghislaine Maxwell quite well. They were close friends. And Ghislaine makes some comment about how to keep jeffrey's interest she has to stay very thin and they ask how she does it and she describes it as the holocaust diet where she just doesn't eat Hmm. so sounds awful it's cute Hmm. i couldn't do it sorry babe i wouldn't do that for you i was gonna say i'm glad that you like your women fluctuating back and forth a (laughs) a solid 20 pounds (laughs) give or take (laughs) as i typically do thank you for that so Their, <laughs> so their relationship is really weird. We get introduced to Graydon Carter, who's the then editor of Vanity Fair. He assigns this Epstein story to Vicky. It's supposed to be a society piece where she just talks about, you know, nobody really knows a lot about him. So go interview him, find some stuff out. We'll put in a bunch of pictures. It's Vanity Fair, like whatever. She immediately sees red flags. I mean, it's pretty much the plot to the Pretty only- Woman. The only thing that's coming to mind is a clockwork orange, and it's not that at all. Uh, <laughs> not even close. Fifty Shades of Grey. Hey, reporter, yeah. go check out this mysterious right, rich right. guy. Nobody knows. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, she, like, in Fifty Shades of Grey, she, like, wrote for her college newspaper or something. Oh. It's really dumb. So, a College source... newspapers are serious, Dan. I worked Dan for my worked, college yeah. newspaper for two years. Dan was in charge years, of the comic you. section. I was the comic editor. <laughs> for two years <laughs> cool maybe even three i forget how long so a source tells her about the farmer sisters maria farmer is a painter who did her graduate work at the new york academy of art at the end of her time there she had an art show super exciting stuff she had a three what's that called when it's three pieces triptych. of a triptych a turkey i think if you get three right you get yeah. three and it's a turkey sure yeah. the sure. bowling tv yeah. bowling. shows you a Video of a car washing dishes or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> One time I convinced a kid at, in the bowling league that if you got 18 in a row, it was an albatross. <laughs> <laughs> he totally believed me. He's like, how? I'm like, well, it's just you count over two games. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she enters a triptych into the art show. It's like Alice in Wonderland or something yeah, like that. It's it's the imagery does look like young women in... I, I don't want to say seductive poses because they're they're all fully clothed. They're all like kind of crinkled and bathed. Crinkles mm-hmm. the best way to put it. Crinkled. crinkled. Would you say they're like vulnerable positions I in would, a way? I would definitely say they're vulnerable because they're not standing up. They're not facing 
the viewer in any way. They're definitely looking off into off into space somewhere else. It's they're definitely in a trying to think of the word vulnerable position. Yeah. So which means they take twenty percent more damage per application for the next fifteen <laughs> seconds. And uh, Epstein would love them. Yes, because they're beautiful young women in seductive yet childlike yet mm-hmm. kind of you know it's totally his poses. yeah unfortunately yes poor so, artist i know I, i'm not putting anything on her no no not at all no she oh, she's sells just a victim yeah well. yeah she sells all three pieces throughout the night to a few different buyers and she makes like 16 grand on the one and then 12 grand on the other two a piece yeah, or something and, like that. And in 95? Right. Like, that's Hot an incredible damn. amount of money. Yeah. Then the Dean of Students comes over and she's like, oh no, you're going to sell to this couple. And it's Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. And Maria Farmer says, no, I, I already sold it. And the Dean insists. She's like, no, these are important benefactors to the school. They're close friends of mine. You're selling to them. So... She does. She has to. And she ends up selling them for like half as much, which is such a slap in the face. And especially I know there's a big movement, especially, you know, coming out of the quarantine and stuff where you want to support like local shop, small, that sort of thing. And so for an artist where you put so much time into something like this to be told, no, you're going to take half of what you were originally expecting from someone like Epstein and Maxwell, who could clearly afford to pay the full price? Yeah. Give me a G darn break. Well, they uh, could have paid many times the full price and not yeah. have. Yeah. I don't know. Better We're talking about doodles. They shouldn't pay more than like, <laughs> I don't know, 20 bucks for oh, these he's things. $12,000 for a painting that they probably just put together in like 10 minutes or no. something. <laughs> now, I just want to say about doodles you can see some sweet doodles for as little as a dollar a month when you subscribe to our Patreon. Nice segue. Thanks. Yeah, just, you know, gotta whoop, get whoop. that in there. Sarah, your face is getting red and like a strawberry. That's because I'm drinking beer. And she mad. <laughs> she gets passionate about the arts. So regarding selling the paintings for a lot less money, Epstein says to Maria Farmer, don't worry, we'll make it your, we'll make it worth your while. Don't worry. And boy, did they. Ugh. Red Ooh. flags, right? Like, yeah. Uh, uh, they actually wouldn't, I wouldn't find that to be a red flag. No? Like, oh, they're, maybe they'll. Give me on a sponsorship right. or, you know, artists. Yeah. I don't know. You know, that is a hard thing for me. Like, I don't know because I know so much about Epstein and things that he did. Like for me, it's like, well, doy. but yeah. if you're an aspiring right. artist and you're just coming out of grad school, maybe he you has know. connections to, yeah. uh, you know, some type of. And when the and dean of the school retreat. is like, you're going to sell to them because it's going to be good for you in the long run. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, then I'll right, sell to right. them. And he right. does offer her a great opportunity. Months pass before he contacts her. But when he does, he hires her to manage the door of his new New York City mansion. So she's responsible for letting in the decorators and the people when he's renovating this mansion in New York City. Sounds like a sweet job. Yeah. You know? Sit in the hallway with your artwork and it, just stare at it. Yeah. <laughs> look at it. Think about it. Yeah. So he asks her about her family, and she says that she's got two younger sisters and talks a lot about her middle sister, Annie, who's 16 at the time. She has big dreams of Ivy League schools and that sort of thing. So Epstein expresses interest in helping her travel abroad to help develop her resume, and he agrees to pay for a trip to Asia. Uh, Fucking red flag. That's a little red flaggy. So when I was watching this, I'm not a parent. 
as a parent, you know, your daughter comes to you and says, hey, this guy who bought my paintings seems like a really great dude. He gave me a job. Mm-hmm. Now he wants me to travel to Asia. What do right. you do? Well, and it's her younger sister that he wants to travel to Asia. So very specifically, yeah. I can certainly see the allure of this mysterious benefactor that's running mm-hmm. around and buying these expensive paintings and sending people all over the place. It just seems like something that, that, that a rich philanthropist would do. Right. On the one hand, it seems very suspect. Mm-hmm. I will give that. On the other hand, though, at that point in his life, he's probably not having any of his own children. So right. why not distribute that wealth a little bit? I mean, if I had any sum of money... I would love to donate to people who want to go and do work like that. Like, it's not like she was like, oh, my gosh, I want to go to L.A. And, like, no, she wanted to go to, what it was it, like, Thailand and Vietnam. And And she's, like, working with children there. Like, So they never really talk about the parameters of the trip. Like, I don't think she went with Epstein anywhere. No. No. Something. No. No, but she ended up going to Epstein's. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about that now. No, no, you're perfect. So it's called Zorro Ranch in New Mexico. You're perfect in every way. (laughs) Zorro Ranch in New Mexico. Annie's trip is in July. Epstein suggests that she comes to New Mexico before the trip. Her parents thought she'd be meeting other students going on similar trips. Okay, so that would make me feel. As a right. parent, as a hypothetical parent, I would think like, oh, if there's other kids that are going to be there, but you wouldn't. I mean, it kind of like, makes You would sense. think you would do follow up work like, oh, can I talk to the other parents? Right. Can I, you know, mm-hmm. who are they? Right. Yep. Again, I'm not yes. one, but I have them. Right. <laughs> and so. a lot of your friends are parents. And mm-hmm. as a parent of, a, you know, I mean, it doesn't, I don't think gender matters, but as a, I have a daughter and she's only eight, so I'm not letting her go to Asia anytime soon. No. But, you know. That is something that I would definitely want to know. So Annie goes to New Mexico. Turns out she's the only one there with Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. So they give her a tour of the property. It's a sprawling mansion with tons of property. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. In the desert. Yes. This is totally a way of showing off and exhibiting how much power and wealth he has. Like, look at all this. And this is only one place that I own that I live in. So as they're... Hanging out. Ghislaine asks about Annie's massage experience, and she's never had one. So Ghislaine makes it seem like she's so lucky to get a massage, and it turns totally inappropriate. Ghislaine, like, touches her breast super inappropriately. The door is open so that Epstein can absolutely see it all, and it's so sketchy. Yeah. But you're 16, you yeah, and, and you're on this sprawling ranch. With just these two people. What are you going to do? What do you do? You yeah. can't do anything. You can't leave. The implication. Seriously. Yeah. 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 I know. I just, well, I'm just like, ugh, you know, yeah. because it's, you're right. Yeah. And, and this is all part of this grooming process mm-hmm. of, let me start out small. Oh, it's not that bad. Right. I mean, it's fine, you know. And me, it's Ghislaine who's doing it. It's not Epstein who's exactly. doing the touching initially. So I feel like that was like one of the baby steps of the progression for <laughs> sure. So the next morning. Epstein comes into Annie's room to snuggle, and she panics. She locks herself in the bathroom. She doesn't out of there best she could. Yeah, right. Again, like you can't totally leave. She doesn't tell anyone what happened, and she went to Thailand and Vietnam. Now, the podcast that I listen to, and Sarah, I know that you listen to Wondery's podcast as well. So correct me. I thought that they made it seem like 
Annie tried to leave and like they wouldn't let her like her parents had to come and physically get her because they wouldn't let her leave or something. Am I mistaking that? New Honestly, I yeah. don't remember. Okay. I wish I could help, but uh, I don't. don't quote me on that. But yeah. 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 So and this poor girl, she's 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's not like she can fly know. a helicopter. I can't. I'm 30. Right, yeah, that's I an can't. incredibly yeah. good point. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. I shouldn't. I don't assume. know. I don't know she if any of these girls can. got away because I couldn't as operate soon as a helicopter. You turn 22, you can fly a helicopter. Right. Well, because right. like, there's a helicopter landing pad at the Zorro Ranch. Uh, right. So I'm assuming that's how she got no. there. No. Rhea does an artist in residency at Epstein's mansion in New Albany, Ohio. I have a lot of disdain for New Albany. <laughs> These people are so fucking rich, they make a new town for themselves. And the way that they acquire <laughs> the land is fucking disgusting. Like, oh, different shell corporations are just going to buy it so that they can mm-hmm. Whatever. It's fine. It's it's not fine. It's well, not well, fine. Well, hold up. Hold up. Let's dial it back. Okay. What do you have against shell corporations? <laughs> <laughs> when they go in and buy this land so that it doesn't raise suspicion so that people don't raise the prices to try and capitalize on it. Like, give me a break. I mean, it sounds like. <laughs> That's a you problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why why should people be able to jack up their prices just because someone's interested in buying them? <laughs> I don't think that's how the economy works. I'm sorry. I don't think the economy but if works. Jeffrey Epstein came to my yard sale and I had a vase <laughs> that I would normally charge someone $5 for, I'm going to charge that motherfucker 500 for it because he can afford it. I just I just want to take a second to talk about the artist. What's her name again? I'm Maria Farmer. So Maria, I feel so bad for her because not only does she get her her younger sister into a really bad situation, mm-hmm. obviously through no fault of her own, but imagine being an inspiring artist and the one person that likes your work <laughs> is Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> I mean, obviously not the one person because she did right. sell the work earlier. Yeah. Right. That. It's just such a bummer. It really is. Someone who also sells artwork, it's just like, oh my God, this guy loves my work. And then five years later, like, oh, he's a massive pedophile. (laughs) He's literally the worst human. Yeah. Uh, I've been selling all of my commissions, like left and right recently. And then you find out they're all going to the alt right. (laughs) Epstein's mansion is behind Les Wexner's and Epstein makes their close relationship known, talks about how Les Wexner would do anything for him. So Les Wexner, he's the founder of The Limited, and he also bought Victoria's, Aber- Secret. Victoria's Secret and Abercrombie and & Fitch. So he's a billionaire with a B, billionaire. Like a lot of money. Lots, many zeros. More money than anyone really needs, to be honest, but enough money to get you New Albany, Ohio. <laughs> New Albany money. <laughs> new Albany money. Well, and what a, what, what a fuck you, you know what I mean? What? Not only am I going to build a New Albany, I'm going to build it in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> no effects, Alex P. Nelson. <laughs> Maria uses photos to help with her paintings. She does partial nudes, adolescent stuff, that sort of thing. So she has pictures of her sisters with her to draw inspiration from. So this kind of weirded me out a little bit. So did she have underage nude photos of her sisters that she was, because she didn't, she mention at one point very specifically that the photos were, they were in the same state of dress as the paintings were. I, from what I could glean, that's, that's what I picked up as well. Right. It sounded like, you know, I think this is where I would say that's not the best idea. Right. right. You know, um, 
again, I, I don't want to kind of bash another artist for their for their process. Exactly, everybody does it right. differently. To, but to bring yeah. the but if you're an artist in residence, you're assuming that you're in a a safe place. Right. And she couldn't have known that. And you, she didn't know that he was pictures. a pedophile either. Exactly. Oh, God, like, no, I'm just saying, you know, taking underage photos of your sisters partially nude is in, in general frowned upon. Right. That's right. That's the only thing where I might go, ah. Yeah. Again, this is, I, I don't, I'm not victim blaming in any mm-hmm. way. I right. don't no. want to say that, you know, she, she deserved it, anything. It's just, you know, this is where I was a little like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So Ghislaine gets Maria to give Jeffrey Epstein a foot massage. Yeah. She describes it. It turns weirdly sexual. Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell start, like, mechanically groping her. But, like, but she's, like, sitting, like, kind of behind them. And they have to reach behind themselves yeah. to touch her. It seems, it's just, I mean, to be groped is awkward enough. But mm. the way that she describes it, it just sounds so weird. So she barricades mm-hmm. herself in a room. She waits for them to leave the next morning. And then the next morning, a few of the photos of her sisters were stolen. And her youngest sister was 12 when those photos were taken. So it's, be it's such just a awful, you know, and like to know that you put your sisters in that position. So Maria calls Annie and asks about her experience with Epstein, but Annie won't talk about it. So that guilt must just weigh so heavily on you. Yeah, yeah I, I feel for her a lot. yeah yeah next day jeffrey epstein calls maria acts like they had a great time the night before and good on maria she expresses that it wasn't a great time for her like no i did not enjoy that and immediately he's like what do you want like he tries to buy her off she gets back to new york city she goes to nypd and they can't do anything go I ahead just interrupt yeah like, of course the the just because of the shitbag that we all know he is, mm-hmm. I can just see his fucking reaction to of trying to buy her off. Like, right. oh, fine. What do you want? Right. What like, do you want? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's offended that she right. didn't have a good time. Yeah. Right. The oh, fuck you. <laughs> like I had a good time robotically groping your breast. You didn't like that? Like no. Yes. Didn't like it when your girlfriend did it either. You freak. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, can we He's just so can we just gross. do an initial impression? Do we think Ghislaine Maxwell is groomed, or is she a willing and has always been a willing participant of this? I, that is a she great definitely question. seems like a willing participant from episode one of this show. Is she groomed? I think, uh, or, was she, or was yeah. she? I don't think we have know, enough information. I would say it's on Stockholm a syndrome into this, right? Particular could be. Yeah. And what are the odds of two incredibly wealthy people meeting and like? So, are you into any fucked up stuff? Oh, me too. We're into the same fucked up right. stuff. Great. Like, what yeah. are the odds of that? But at the same time, we'll see that Epstein had charisma off the charts. True. Yeah. Anybody that yeah. talks about talking and say he could talk you into anything. True. We'll talk more yeah. about in episode two, I yeah. know, but like could be the same thing with Galim. Maybe she was just enamored with him and it was like right. she would little you know. Well and she was saying that just specifically because of what Danny mentioned earlier about how she was effectively just not eating to maintain mm-hmm. his interest. Right. I mean that I guess maybe it, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt, but mm. Maria Farmer goes to NYPD. They can't do anything because this happened in Ohio and what happened to her sister happened in New Mexico. So she calls the FBI. Like any nor I didn't know that normal people could call the FBI. 
You can't. Yeah, same. That's that's pretty awesome. It's also fucked up that you can't report an assault because you're in a different state than right. It yeah, to. yeah. Like that didn't happen here. Whatever. So she calls the FBI, tells them everything, and she never hears back from them. And this is back. Would you say, Sarah, ninety five? Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking ninety five, ninety six. Yeah. Cool. So fast forward in New York City, two thousand three. Vicky's piece for Vanity Fair. The Farmer Sisters didn't think they could fight someone with Jeffrey Epstein's power because he's got so much money yep. and connections. So, you know, but they tell Vicky their story anyway. Vicky writes it up. Vanity Fair has to fact check it with Jeffrey Epstein. So they give him the story that Vicky wrote before they print it. And he obviously doesn't like it. He says that the sisters were infatuated with them, with him. He threatens Vicky. She's pregnant with twins. He threatens her children. He asks. That he's going to put a curse on them. He's going to get someone to put a, like, yeah. a voodoo so curse. Fucking out of left uh-huh. field. Right. right. Yep. He said that. Yep. I was like, what? Yep. Asking her what hospital she's going to deliver at and stuff like that. Like, that's fucked up. And, like, as a woman who was pregnant, like, when you are pregnant, you feel vulnerable in a different kind of way. And, like, a woman's body is made to bear that pregnancy. And obviously there are women who do have issues and complications. I luckily was not one of those women. So like I kind of felt like a badass when I was pregnant, but at the (laughs) same time, it's like your natural inclination when anything is like coming at you or whatever is like you flinch and you hold your belly because you hold your baby. And so for him to be like threatening her unborn children. And I heard in the podcast that her pregnancy was very difficult she had morning sickness, and one of the babies was not growing Uh-oh. at a normal rate, Uh-oh. and they attributed it to stress because of the reporting. Oh so she was already, like, suffering from stuff like that. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, well, I'm well, going to put a curse on your babies. The, fuck off, Jeffrey Epstein. The voodoo curse thing, too, coming from Jeffrey Epstein, who you would expect a bunch of, like, legal threats. Right. Like, yeah. I'm going to sue you right. into oblivion. Yep. When he fucking comes out with, and I'm going to get someone to put a voodoo curse <laughs> on you, you're like, well, fuck. <laughs> you don't have like, to be prepared It comes so out of left field that, I mean, I believe it. Right? If me, I'm like, well, shit, I don't know. I'm from Coney Island. Shit. <laughs> 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 I know a witch doctor on Coney Island. Well, now I really want chili cheese dogs tomorrow. The editor of Vanity Fair found a severed cat head in his yard and a bullet on his front step. So he ends up saying the Farmer Sisters story will not be in the piece because Epstein is, quote, very sensitive about the girls. Yeah, no and he, shit. He has this stupid excuse where he's like, oh, her last bit of reporting came at the last second in Vanity Fair. We have a really high level of standards for our fact checking and we just didn't have time to go through that so we ran it without it and it's like fuck off that's that's not not true at all you were scared by this rich guy well yeah Mm -hmm. i mean which on the one hand it really pisses me off because it's like if you are reporting on stuff like this i feel like they have the obligation to actually report facts Mm -hmm. but on the other hand i get it you know you get these threats and there is someone like epstein who like you said, Tim, you would expect him to make financial threats and not voodoo threats, but right. he can easily make both. And who Epstein knows and who he's connected to and associated with, do you really want that rain of shit coming down on you in your magazine? Also, it's Vanity Fair. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? This is not right. The this is not the first, second, third, or fifth place that people go for their news. This right. Is the place go mm-hmm. to. And she even said, Vicky Ward said, 
it was supposed to be a society uh, piece. Like it, right. it wasn't meant to be this like deep digging investigative criminal thing. But I mean, when you find out what you find out, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. So this though, the shit in New York was only the tip of the iceberg. Shockingly, it was worse in Florida as most things are. Sorry, Florida. We love you. I mean, have you guys seen that thing? Like, I don't like the victim blame, but Florida, you brought a lot of this on yourself. <laughs> Crazy shit happens in Florida. Mm. So is this. This is not, you know, anything out of the ordinary for Florida, apparently. Epstein bought his Palm Beach mansion in 1990. Whoever it is talking, I don't remember who it was at this point in the episode. They say, quote, if you have enough money, you can buy your way into any society. Because his money is new money. Most people in Palm Beach... It's like a generational thing. Like their grandparents bought this property down there. The big thing about that too, and the big delineation between new money and old money is that old money is very static. There's mm-hmm. not influxes of it. You're you're working off of generations old trusts that if improperly spent can deplete. Um, because he's new money and he has renewable new money, I mean, he is a... He is given all sorts of additional powers and abilities, effectively, mm-hmm. because his money is effectively unlimited. Right. Yeah. They describe it as an insular world, which is actually a vocab word that I give to my 11th grade students. Because it's like you're like an island. You're ignorant of those outside of that. I it is an island. I know what world means. Dan, you want to tell the listeners which two fingers I'm holding up at you right now? Thumbs. Like, Thumbs. <laughs> um, just real quick, too, uh, not to continue to beat on Florida, but mm-hmm. you have two two of the most the worst people in the world. You have Jeffrey Epstein, mm-hmm. and you have Carol Baskins. So, <laughs> that is you know, true. You're yeah. moved, Florida. Yep. Sorry, Florida. So Palm Beach is an island, and they say that it has a psychological effect on those who live there, where they feel like they do have a certain amount of protection and anonymity when they're on the island. James Patterson, the author, was his neighbor, so he has a lot to say. He's actually in at least this episode quite a bit. He helped produce it. The production oh, yeah, company at was the beginning really of every episode okay. is like something in Patterson Productions or That's something. That's cool. Yeah, I, I saw didn't, that I didn't he was that. an executive producer, and I said something as it, the cre- the opening credits were rolling, mm. and I was like, oh, James Patterson. That's kind of a weird yeah. connection. Is it the same James Patterson? Oh, right. And then you were like, oh, he was his neighbor. And then, okay. they, yeah, then they interviewed him, and I was like, oh, that's why he's right. so involved. Yeah. He hates this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd hope he'd feel some guilt for letting, you know, it go on for fucking 30 years and not attempting to do anything to stop it. Yeah, I know, but to his his defense, like, if you're really sneaky about it, are you going to know? Was he? I don't know. I don't know. Did Patterson know what was going on? I mean, as we see throughout this this docuseries, every driver, every bag person, everyone who was close to him knew what was going on, Mm -hmm. but was being paid. Yeah. Right. And they so didn't want to talk because to they talk. didn't want to risk being they were sued scared of them. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing when he picks his victims. He chooses people who won't oppose him because he's the best thing happening to them financially. Right. So James Patterson, he's got a lot to say about Epstein. He lists all of Epstein's real estate holdings, which we heard some of at the beginning of the episode, his jets, his helicopters, etc. A guy at the airport says that he was like a ghost in Palm Beach. Like, he kind of came and went, but nobody really knew what he was doing, anything like that. There's a sound Including bite. James Patterson. Including James Patterson. <laughs> Doesn't he write detective novels? 
Shouldn't he yeah. know? He writes all kinds of different stuff, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I've never read anything by him. I haven't either. Maybe one. Sorry. Stephen King's my guy, you know. There's a like a press excerpt that they take out um, and they highlight stuff that Trump said about Epstein describing <laughs> him as a terrific guy and he likes young, beautiful women like me uh, and he likes them on the young side. And I understand the route that they're going here, but a lot of people have had very nice things to say about Jeffrey Epstein, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, like a lot of people. He met with like Stephen Hawking. Like Epstein was actually wicked smart and he taught physics or no, he went to college for physics, he did teach physics. and he did teach physics. So he's actually a very intellectual person. So a lot of people before this shit came out had a lot of really nice things to say about Epstein yeah. and then they backtracked. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person, but it's kind of unfair to be like, oh, and look what Trump said about him, but not mention what anybody else had to say about yeah. him. You know, it's just incriminating because he happens to be the commander chief. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> right. I really appreciate too, Danny, that you're able to find a way to kind of like sneak in how much you really like Trump. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You like know, <laughs> like that. Tim is gonna get lin- he's gonna get beat up in the parking lot <laughs> after this episode by a couple people. I think. Yeah, we're just making enemies early and often. I'm calling Lindsay. I forget if it was voting or making enemies that you're supposed to do early and often. <laughs> I thought it was ejaculating. Oh right, yeah, yeah, in the voting booth. Right. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> that a joke unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Ryder is a, the former police chief of the Palm Beach Police Department. He met Jeffrey Epstein in 2001 when Epstein came in to the police department to talk about a huge donation to them in the amount of like $200,000. convenient. That's so... Isn't it interesting that he went to make a donation to the police department? He didn't donate to any other like humanitarian. He didn't donate to like churches or synagogues or after school programs or playgrounds like he chose to donate to the police department you know just why would you donate to hindsight is 2020 institution you know especially in palm beach like you know it's one of the richest zip codes in america yeah they don't whatever right so they pay zero in taxes right so Uh that's how the police are funded (laughs) good point In 2003, the neighbors, so maybe this was James Patterson, the neighbors report a large number of young women going to and from Jeffrey Epstein's house. When the police show up, they talk to the people who are currently leaving, coming or going, whatever, and they're all adults. It all checks out as being like an adult thing. Do we believe that? I do. You do. You do. I do. I do think that it was all just adults at that point. In 2003? In 2003. I don't buy the whole, oh, yeah, we were just doing some paperwork here. I don't buy that shit. Right. Yeah. But I think that they just happened to catch it at a time when all of the people involved happened to be over 18. Gotcha. Yeah. So the police don't do any further investigating at that time because it checks out. But then in 2005, the step-parent of a young girl reports suspicions of inappropriate actions. So the girl gets into a fight, and in the Wondery podcast, they go a little more in detail about that fight. The girls at this school all know if you've gone to Epstein's place or not. And if you go to Epstein's place, they start calling you a whore. So she got into a fight because she'd gone to Epstein's house. And when 
she goes down to the office because she gets in trouble. They check her stuff. She's got $300 in cash on her. And they're like, how did you get this much money? Yeah. So the stepmom gets really suspicious. They talk about massages, whatever. The girl's only 14. So right. the police take it really seriously. It cuts out to like blurred interview footage from the police department yeah. of different girls. And this really gives us a picture of what happened to the girls and how many of them there were. Each victim tells pretty much the same story. They all thought they were going for a massage, but then Epstein escalates it. It all starts out, you know, they go into the room. He's face down naked on this massage table. They start giving him a massage and then he rolls over and then, you know, shit gets real. So we don't need to go into details about that. This is totally a sex pyramid scheme, though. Yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Because then the girls recruit other girls. It's all so fucked up. It's very, very weird. Yeah, I'm not a. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I wasn't aware of the level of scheming that was involved with, like, oh, if you get one more girl, you get this one, you get right. this one. You know, from reading reports and when he was still alive, um, it seemed like it was unfortunately a handful of women. I didn't know it was this many, which is just I like, had no idea. Which, you know? which is really the most shocking thing to me that this has been going on this long where you, you have a multi-level marketing version of girls bringing in other girls to be abused. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, that a parent wasn't, you know, report, you know what right. I mean? Before, um, before 2005, this has obviously been going on for a long time at this point with a ton of different girls mm-hmm. and, it's shocking that this wasn't uncovered way, yeah. way, way, way well, earlier. Well, they, they talk about, too, you know, they specifically target, he specifically yes. targets girls that are very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't the have The broken homes, figures. a lot of runaways, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, split parents or parents with substance abuse problems, so many like that. All the girls have really low self-esteem. It, like, breaks my heart to see the pictures of them when they were targeted, like the yeah. one girl I want to talk about right now, Michelle Licata, she had braces. And like, not that braces themselves are a bad thing, but most teen girls, when they have braces, they are very self-conscious about it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for Epstein to take an interest in her and tell her how beautiful she was, you know, that's flattering in a way. And then she explains how she felt dirty and used afterwards, which is yeah, all too typical. It really is. Most of these girls were from across the bridge in West Palm Beach, which is the polar opposite of Palm Beach Island, they call it. Working class, difficult to broken homes. They do like a, you know, they pan down the street and it's all just very lower middle class America, essentially trailer, you know, single wide trailers, plywood over the window, stuff like that. Which in Florida, that's probably kind of a necessity for hurricanes, but it certainly gets the the aesthetic across. So Shauna Rivera is another survivor that they interview. She watched her dad and his girlfriend beat the girlfriend's eight-year-old son to death when she was 12. Cool. So she was a runaway. She met Epstein when she was 14. Her friend took her there. This is one of the more fucked up stories, I think. Her friend takes her there, walks her through, you know, we've got to take our clothes off. We're going to give him a massage. Then her friend later days it out of there. Like, see ya. And leaves her alone with Epstein. He, like, has her pinch his nipples real hard yeah. or whatever. It's so weird. A while later. It was like, very uncomfortable when they started describing this. And I was like, oh, it was just it's like, like, just oh, wait. God. Like, it's so awful. Yeah. It's going to get worse. Yeah. 
a while later, you know, days, weeks, whatever, she gets a call and they send a cab to go and pick her up and take her back to Epstein's. It talks a lot about why or how she couldn't say no. You know, he they got $200 each time. And in 2005 money, I don't know what inflation equates this to, but in 2005 money, that's a lot of money. Like I mean, just ten thousand dollars today. Regardless <laughs> of inflation, just think about being a, a twelve to fifteen year old child in a low income family with two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks, like, like hell yeah. I mean, so two hundred bucks now is like sweet. sweet. I'll take two hundred yeah. bucks. Right. Yeah. So she kept going to Epstein's for three to four years after that because she just she couldn't say no. The money was too good. So, which is really unfortunate. We're talking. We're watching it like. To them, that's life-changing. Right. And to Epstein, that's, like, literally nothing. Right. Well, and there are several girls that talk about, like, this is my way out of West Palm Beach. Exactly, yeah. Yep. Like. This is how I get out. And and you just think about that mentality, too, of, like, this is my way out. I'll throw 7 to 12 other girls under the bus so mm-hmm. that I can get, like, it's just, it's an right. awful predicament to be in in the first place, but mm-hmm. then also to be groomed to recruit other people to be it's just and it's almost like a it's almost like a survival thing too like do i give the creepy old man the massage or do i bring in these seven girls that i don't really know very well and don't care about or bring them in to give him the massage because i get paid the same amount no matter what right well and you have girl as they are describing their experiences it's a very wide array of experiences Mm -hmm. and none of them are obviously talking about their experiences with each other Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to recruit him to go. So it's it's really, I don't even know the word for it. Terrible scheme? Well, yeah, terrible scheme, but like, I don't know. To put a bunch of negativity towards some of these girls that may have not been fully aware what they were signing up the other girls for. Right. I guess is, yeah. is what I was getting at. Yeah. And in the next scene that I want to talk about right now, they bring in an adolescent sexuality psychologist and... You know, she talks about the psychology of it all and how he targets the vulnerable girls. He's a predator. He goes after girls who are disadvantaged, already had sexual trauma. Good at He's really good at picking out a need and then fulfilling that need. And so an adolescent brain isn't equipped to react to what was happening. So that's exactly it, where they can't see the whole scope. Like, they don't take into account, oh, this is what's going to happen to her if I bring her to Epstein's. Like, it doesn't go that far, right. unfortunately, because their brains just haven't developed that much. And I know, like, I work with teenagers every day teaching high school English, so it's interesting to see their thought development, especially the difference between, like, the ninth graders and the seniors, because there is a lot that happens in those four years where in ninth grade they just they don't get it. They can't really see beyond themselves, but by their senior year, hopefully... They can, and even some kids still can't. For some kids, it takes a lot longer. So it's all the the grooming and the the predatory behavior on Epstein's part that really gets these girls in these positions. And oddly enough, bringing it back to season one with Tiger King. King. Yeah, thank you. Cool. Uh, with Tiger King, where they talk about how Joe became that person for uh, John Finley and, and uh, Travis and mm-hmm. probably not Dylan, but... You know, they had a need. He fulfilled it. Yep. He makes sure he's the only person that can fulfill that need for them and effectively traps them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And that then pr- promise of money, too, just makes them not able to think logically. We were right. talking earlier about um, how if they were to stop to think for a second, well, if this guy lives in West, in Palm Beach, on Palm Beach Island, mm-hmm. clearly he's super rich. Right. Why in the world would a rich older guy want to hire high school girls for a massage like clearly he could afford 
a masseuse, mm-hmm. like if they would stop to think about it, they would realize, well, obviously he wants more than that. That's right. not what this is about. Yeah. But because they're like, oh, you can get $200, they're not thinking about anything other than those $200. Mm-hmm. That's going to make a huge difference in their life. Well, and they have a peer bringing them in. Yeah. So that kind of like you build up a little bit of trust automatically because you're like, oh, well, I mean, this isn't like I'm answering a Craigslist ad. Right. True. Like, oh, it's Sarah from math class. Said I can make $200 going to this old guy's house. I didn't do shit. And she's got an A. <laughs> Shannon from math use. class. H. <laughs> and H's are ill. 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 <laughs> In the Wondery podcast, one of the victims that they talk about she describes how she was recruited and she said that it was an ex-boyfriend's cousin. So like literally somebody that she knew didn't have any like bad juju with them or whatever, because it's high school relationship, like whatever. Um, So yeah, it was one of those things where like she trusted this girl and that got her into this. Or maybe, maybe there is too. Maybe this turns into a thing where it's like, Oh yeah. Fuck Tiffany. Yeah. yeah. Send her to the old Epstein place. Yeah. Right. Tiffany. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Tiffany with a PH. Epiphany. <laughs> a lot of the victims didn't want to prosecute because they were afraid of the consequences. The police department tries calling former Epstein employees. Most of them won't talk. Same fear. They don't want to get sued. They don't want to talk about it. Even the people that they can get to talk to them, they ask pointed questions and the one guy was like oh you put me in a you put me in a really difficult position like he doesn't want to answer these questions how awkward is that so the police department they go through epstein's trash and they find a report card from one victim and they find like a a message that was written epstein sent a messenger to deliver flowers to one of the schools for a victim because she was like in a play or something it's fucking weird (laughs) also why do you throw out a report card at epstein's house because well, so clearly odd. their grades weren't that good. Haley Robson met Jeffrey Epstein when she was 16. She was raped before she met him by a 21-year-old man. Yeah. And a friend approached her about it. And just like Tim said, she was like, hey, this is my ticket out of West Palm. So she describes the wall art. Lots of nudity. Really weird. She said that it was just like very awkward. All young girl nudity. Yeah, too. young girl nudity. She actually refused his advances. She was like, no, we're not doing that. And so he's like, okay, this isn't going anywhere, obviously. So he gets her to recruit other girls. She gets 200 bucks for each one that she brings in. She does this for about a year, and she says she probably recruited 24 girls. And then those girls bring other girls. It's just this whole blanket web, and all of them are under 18. And then the police department cracks down on her. And threatens her with charges just, of a second-degree felony. Oh, like, like, you, are you realize you implicated yourself me? in a very serious crime. And it's like, fuck off. Well, and it's, it's fucking heartbreaking to think about that she recruited 24 other girls. Mm-hmm. And we see, obviously, the effects that this has on a lot of the people in this particular show significantly later on, 17, 18 years later. Fucking life's destroyed. Yeah. Like, she doomed 24 people, mm-hmm. uh, if not more, mm-hmm. right. to... Yeah, I was very torn while... She was telling her story because, first of all, it was first I felt like terrible for her because she was right suckered in, and then she was like, Oh, then I became a recruiter and I recruited at least 24 girls, and it was like, Fuck you, that's yeah. awful. Yep, but then it was like, You know, she's like, But I was 16, yeah, and I think about kids I have in school in ninth grade, 16, be a little bit older than that, and it's just like they, they don't know what they're doing half right. the time, yeah, they don't understand, yep. like, they don't. And, like, there's a reason why we 
I mean, and even 18 year olds aren't the most mature, quote unquote, adult people. They're but there's a reason. Stupid. They're dumb. <laughs> but there's a reason why we have that. Like 18 in Florida is the age of consent. And that's when you're an adult. Because when you're younger than that, you're guaranteed to be dumb and make these dumb choices. So I was so upset. And she even said, like, well, what about the girl who recruited me? And the girl who recruited me, who recruited her, like, what right. about all those people above me in the chain? What happens to them? Well, and I think the numbers they talk about in the show are insanely conservative. Because mm-hmm. if she herself recruited like 24, yeah. and they're throwing out the number of like, oh, well, it was probably like 40. It's, I mean, it's it's significantly more than yes, that. Way it is. higher yes, than that. Yes, it is. Way You're talking higher. about like entire graduating classes worth of kids yeah. with just completely destroyed lives. That fucking yep. awful. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just insane. Yep. Seven months into... The investigation, the police finally search Epstein's house, and they have video footage of the search. Which, shaky as fuck. Super shaky How are you going to use that? I, and I'm not trying to make a joke. Like, legitimately, I was watching it. I was like, they're not going to be able to use any of that. Right. They're trying to get up the stairs all fucking. <laughs> like, I think it's up. super insensitive, because at the time that the house raid happened, um, Michael J. Fox had just been diagnosed with Parkinson's oh disease, God. and they were just trying to give him a job. You know what I mean? For you to come at him that hard. <laughs> We're extremely surprised at what they found in the house. I feel like they should have been more surprised at what they didn't find. But I think it's super fucking scummy, too, that I feel like he knows well in advance that by paying these people and getting them to commit to either bringing in more girls or coming back and paying them each time, that he's effectively setting them up to also have criminal charges brought against them should right. they ever Incriminate try to themselves yeah right. yep oh yeah it's it's awful and it's skeevy and it's disgusting but it's kind of brilliant in that way how you, you know he's so smart and it's awful how he applies yeah. his intelligence because mm-hmm. right he's just everything he touches is just terrible yeah because you can always laugh at the dumb criminals even if even if they commit well when they commit crime it depends but you know you always can laugh at the dumb guy but this guy's so brilliant yeah, just such an asshole, like the ultimate scumbag that you just you just get so mad that it went that long. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. For sure. Nasty. Nasty. All right. So then we've got to wait until episode two to find out what they find or more importantly, what they don't find in Epstein's house. So stay tuned for more depression. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Why don't you go and check out all the other great shows that the Professional Casual Network has to offer? including season one of The Space Between Presents I Saw a Tiger, which follows the Netflix smash series Tiger King and details the acid-washed antics of Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin, Jeff Lowe, as well as others. This season, we're taking a deep, dark dive into the four-part Netflix docuseries Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. Big Fiction Energy is our audio drama pod in which Tim, Danny, and myself tell the story of Lainey, the Girl Without Fear, a fantasy novel by Dan. A grim podcast of perilous adventure is the Professional Casual Network's Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay Actual Play podcast. We're playing through The Enemy Within, which is widely considered one of the best campaigns of any RPG. Join Dan as the GM, as Danny, Tim, Alexander P. Nelson, and JB try to survive the perils of the old world. And if you needed more deep dives, also check out The Space Between, which is a discussion and review of the best games, comics, and nerd movies of today and yesteryear. We also have Elite Eight Showdown, with high-octane host Big Chuck and his research team. Join him while he financially ruins his partner Tim 
and completes an eight-team tournament bracket that could be about anything and everything. Lastly, we have Professionally Asked, Casually Answered, a totally real, totally fake advice show where we take questions and topics from you, our listeners, and do our best not to completely ruin your lives. Danny, where could people follow us or ask us questions for Professionally Asked, Casually Answered? I'm so glad you asked that, Tim. You can go ahead and email us questions. Our email address is theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Instagram at theprofessionalcasual. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash professionalcasual. Twitter, we're at top tier casual. Our website is theprofessionalcasual.com. On Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash professionalcasual. And you can also check out Lindsay's Instagram at lindsayfphotography, where you can check out all of her great photos of abandoned places and events. What are some other things that people could find on our Patreon, Danny? They can find Sarah's doodles. They can find different vlogs. They can find lots of polls. I know Big Chuck's got a ton of stuff up there. It's all just a wild time. Extra bonus content, all of those things. A special thanks to our sponsor, Bearded Dragon Games in Oneana, New York, who has gifted us a Catacan Colonel model to give away to you, our fans. For your chance to win, follow us on Twitter at Top Tier Casual, The Professional Casual on Instagram, or follow the Professional Casual Network on Facebook. You can get an extra entry for each, as well as extra entries for being a background Patreon or leaving a review for any or all of the Professional Casual Network shows on Apple Podcasts. That's up to six additional entries for leaving reviews on each. Also, please give the Bearded Dragon some love on Facebook at facebook.com slash bdcomics and beardeddragongames.com. We will be taking entries up to June 29th at 11 to 59 p.m. A winner will be drawn live on June 30th. 